0: Yo, this place is big. We shouldn't split up Finding Will. Said no one who survived a horror movie, ever.
1: Because as you know, in every horror movie, the first rule of survival is never leave your friends. So don't split up if you want to make it to the end. No, don't. Don't split up.
0: Welcome back to the Don't Split Up Horror Podcast. This is episode twenty, which uh, feels like it should be a milestone. But since this is a horror podcast and it's not a multiple of thirteen, I guess it, I guess it's really not. Um,
2: but if you minus seven, which is an unlucky number, it would take you to thirteen.
0: Do you mean it's an unlucky number because it's a horror podcast where everything's reversed? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, welcome to episode 20. Today we're talking about a new film that has been getting praise all over the place. as one of the most inventive, original horror films in a long time, and we'll see if we all agree to that. That film is called The Witch, and I am J.R. Forresteros.
3: I'm Amanda Foresteros.
0: I'm Moza
2: Haney.
4: And I'm Stacey Silveri.
0: So this film is called The Witch. Before we get into it specifically, I wanted to talk about witchcraft with you guys more in general, because... I think even more than when we did the Blair Witch Project uh, several episodes ago, this film lends itself to talking about what witches are and how they function in our culture and, and why maybe we find them so scary. So uh, when when was the first time that witches for you became more than like pointy hats and broomsticks?
3: I think for me, uh, it was actually when I was growing up, my cousin actually is practices Wicca. And so I, I grew up getting to spend time with her and just kind of learn, uh, what that meant. She, you know, was very into nature, definitely a feminist, like loved punk rock, um, taught me how to put on lipstick. I mean, she was just like this really cool, edgy chick that was just, really into all kinds of stuff. And I think she was actually on some kind of early reality talk show, like Montel Williams or something about how she practices Wicca. So I guess I'll have to, to, um, Google it and see if I can find it so we can put it in the show notes. Cause that would be quite hilarious. I think.
2: I just got the weirdest sense of deja vu. Um, I, I don't know that witches still aren't in pointy hats for me. Um, like Hocus Pocus, uh what was the other one? Uh with Neb um, Campbell.
3: The Craft. Only the, craft, the best witch movie ever. I thought you were
0: gonna say The Wizard of Oz. Oh, pretty classic witch there. That's true.
2: Yeah, but that's that's pointy hat though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I not the good hat. witch, but that's your standard witch. So I think like Hocus Pocus and those are well no Hocus Pocus, she rides a broom. Yeah, yeah no. they, they ride brooms.
3: Yeah, she does. Do they? Well they ride the craft, vacuums I guess, would be technically. The... <laughs> yeah, that's right.
2: So I guess any potent storm, is like okay? the First time where it's more of like a let's See, have a séance or whatever and build a circle and do like witchy so feminist women things.
4: You said hocus pocus and I was thinking practical magic. Oh. So that's why I got confused.
0: Are they all the same? <laughs> Not. Kind of. Stacy, what about you?
4: Um, I kind of agree with Mo. I feel like I still have that like perception but through some different like fantasy books that I've been reading, it's definitely broadening. What I think more of my view of witches as what they are is to something more like a natural view, like more like a pagan worship nature, closest to nature, being close with nature.
2: Like the film industry has taught us that witches aren't nice, like feminist nature mm-hmm. creatures. They're evil, boy-eating, like long-nosed, <laughs> warded <It's> necessarily...
4: <laughs> Just that, I think it's goes back like a long time to, like you um had mentioned earlier, different like religions, like, oh, this is different. This is empowering women. We don't want that. In the time period, it was all about the men and men being in control.
2: I don't remember talking about that earlier. Are you a witch?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I for me.
4: It. Spoiler! For- <laughs>
0: For me, I, I, honestly, it was when the Harry Potter books got popular. And it's because I was in grad school when the Harry Potter books became popular because as we've covered on multiple previous episodes, I'm old. Um, but old. there was a there was a big backlash against the Harry Potter books, not just from crazy conservative Christians, but also from uh, like witches. Like women who practice Wicca were incensed by the Harry Potter books because they present this – like ridiculous Hollywoodized like cliche version of witchcraft that doesn't have any meaningful connection to them. So they felt like they were being stereotyped uh, in in unfair and unflattering ways in the culture, which again, I, I can empathize with that. Right. Sure. But it was, it was through having some friends and colleagues who, uh, who felt this way and that I sort of began to, Wonder well, okay. So, what does a woman who identifies herself as a witch today uh, mean by that? And is like what you were saying, Stacy. Right? It's this this uh, deep connection to nature. They often look to ancient pagan religions like Norse or Greek or Roman mythologies and to the goddesses of those religions. Uh, and and it does involve sometimes spells and amulets and things like that. But it, but it's all about like natural energies and powers and Mm -hmm. typically where we get our modern conception of witchcraft is from when Christianity collided with these pagan women in, in ancient and medieval world. And it's because, again, as you said, right, we have a, again, Especially if we're speaking historically, Christianity has been a male-centric, patriarchal religion with uh, a God who is primarily viewed as masculine and it's run by men. And uh, And so there wasn't really space for pagan women, even if they wanted to convert to Christianity, there wasn't any kind of space for them to do anything meaningful, right? They were They were largely considered passive and second class. And so paganism offered women a chance to be something other than someone's property. And I think when you look at the modern feminist movement today, that's a a lot of what it's about. Um, You know, I try to point out to people when I when I teach uh, like gender issues in scripture, uh, because that's what what I do for a living, that there isn't even a word in Greek that's just like woman. Uh, Every word they have is either daughter, wife or widow or mother. Right. It's always how is this woman related to a more important male? Right. What is her relationship to him? And, and witchcraft often offered historically and, and in the modern world, it offers women a way to be empowered and to talk and th- think for themselves. And, you know, again, for, for me personally, as someone who doesn't like advocate for witchcraft or think it's necessarily like the best idea, um, I still like I get it. Like I get how if the only options available to you are uh, a spirituality that insists that you're a second-class human being, uh, you're not going to choose that. Right.
2: Um, So. Sounds like you got the devil on you, boy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, historically, that's a lot of times what would get people accused of witchcraft, right, is that they didn't fit in the box. Exactly.
4: Mm -hmm. I feel like this witchcraft in general um, just shows you how strong, like, societal norms and culture is. And if you don't fit into that box, like you had said, oh, well, something's wrong with you, like you're the devil, you're bad, or you're this or you're that, you know, just shows how strong and important it is to fit in in society.
2: Well, and this revolves around the Puritans who, I mean, had fled here because they were getting chased out of one country after another for, I mean, kind of their religious extremism. Uh, And I mean, they, when it got to the witch part, I mean, it was kind of a way to keep people in check. I mean... Anyone could be the witch. And so the moment that, you know, you find yourself being an independent woman or a woman who's outside the norm or, you know, is no longer playing the role in the patriarchal society, uh, someone just has to drop that witch card. And next thing you know, you're burning them or drowning them. And it's mm-hmm. y- there's really no winning. It's if they float, they're a witch. And if they don't, well, thank God she she's one of God's women. Like, you know, it's a lose-lose for the woman. And yet the society continued to exist like that. So,
0: so let me and ask you guys- as let me ask you guys a question before we get into the film itself. Mm-hmm. So, Stacey, I think you made a really profound point when you said, you know, oftentimes we just identify evil as anything that doesn't fit in the box. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's a great point. Do you think that that's all that evil ev- ever is? Or is there also such a thing as, like, actual evil force in the world?
4: Oh, definitely. I feel like there's an evil force in the world. I mean, I personally believe there's a God out there. And I feel like it's kind of like this: if you believe there's a God, you have to believe, I guess, in the devil. And then there's bad. Like God is supremely good, in what's good in the world, so there's has to be on the other side of the same coin what's bad and something that's pushing like the malicious.
2: There's got to be balance.
3: Yeah, I was going to say that I I absolutely, I mean, I totally agree with you, but I also think that there just because something is different doesn't mean that it's bad. Actually, when things are the same and everyone is the same, that that also can be bad. Yeah. Like conformity and um, lack of change and all of those different kinds of things. I think those can those kinds of things can be just as bad as going against the grain. So I feel
4: like it's all about... Um... Oh, God, I just lost it. Um,
3: it's all kind
2: of subjective I mean it's from the viewer's standpoint So I mean to the Puritans Evil was the witch And yet to the witch the idea that You know You, you wouldn't use nature or you wouldn't use The tools and the things around you or that you would Be, be so close minded Was evil so you had two Two sides staring at each other that both was Pointing the finger at evil
0: But do you think that there is also Like objective evil Or is all evil subjective
2: Uh, i don't know like i mean where do you define that so was was hitler evil or was he just a deranged man who truly believed in what he was doing um i don't know that it's i don't know that there's an objective evil to me i've never walked across like i've never walked into a room and then like shuddered and be like oh god that room was evil so I don't I really. Mean, me, None I of the say, places
3: in your house you've walked in and shuddered and been like, "I'm going to stop you
2: right there." there not, evil, you no, and that will never happen, Amanda, <laughs>
3: the
2: the woman I once called a friend.
3: <laughs> I mean, I've um, been in your house and I've shuddered a few times. I'm just saying. Uh,
2: all right, <laughs> I'm going to pass over that. Um, the the I don't know, Jr. That's a tricky question. I can't I can't answer that because I, I find myself at odds with either answer. Uh,
0: what about you, JR? Oh, I I think there is what I would call objective evil in the world. Um you know, you look at someone like a Hitler or like serial killers or uh, people who prey on children. Um yeah, I, I think it's easy and I think beyond that, I, I do believe in the spiritual world and I do believe that there are spiritual forces that um that enjoy pain and enjoy suffering and enjoy encouraging those things among us, uh, and um, so yeah. But does I, that
2: I, make them evil? Yeah. Or is that just yeah, is that just definitely. their place in the world? Like, is it not just go back to that whole balance thing?
0: I'm not a proponent of balance.
2: Do you want So, if the world was inherently good and evil didn't exist, would you even realize what we had?
0: That sure. Means. How? I don't have to eat poop to enjoy candy. Have you read The Giver, my friend? (laughs) Sorry, until you can top my poop analogy, we're done.
2: (laughs) I'll be back towards the end of the podcast. All
0: right, well, hold those conversations in your mind, because they all really do inform our conversation about this film. Uh, So The Witch is set in 1630 in new england which for those history nerds out there is about 60 years before the salem witch trials and uh i want to start by pointing out that this film got a glowing endorsement from the church of satan or the satanic church i'm there are two of them and i'm not sure if their names are different on purpose like that but this is the satanic church and uh one of their spokespersons a woman named blackmore uh, so I'm going to just going to read a quote from we'll put the article in the show notes at com, but I'm going to I'm going to read a quote from the article that talks about her appreciation for the film. It says, "Blackmore especially appreciated the way the film plays up the inherent feminist tension in the very idea of a witch." Quote, "There is an interest in controlling a female figure and in dictating to her what her role in, is in a society that benefits males." End quote. And a witch, even in colonial folktales that demonize such a figure, stands outside of that. So, again, for the satanic church, what they're applauding about this film is how it is a sharp critique of religion as a system and of patriarchal religion and all of that. Um, We'll do this again in spoilers, but just at the outset, uh, what do you make of the idea, now that you've seen the film, that the satanic church Highly endorses it and calls it a transcendent satanic experience.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> like uh. I mean, no, <laughs> I I agree with their acts of feminism and outside the box and different things like that. But, uh, I didn't really get a whole satan-y vibe from this no, film. No. Like it, it's it's very much a topic in the film, and it's very much there. Um, and until, like you said, we get into spoilers, I, we can't go into detail. But, but your gut
0: reaction is just like, nope.
2: No, not even a little. Like, I did not walk out and they're like, oh, God, Satan.
0: He's going to come <laughs> get me. Yeah. That's okay. Even- Stacy,
4: Yeah, I, I agree with Mo. I didn't know that they had endorsed it before, but it really doesn't change anything or my thoughts about the movie. So,
3: I it does not surprise me that they loved it, but I cannot go into detail as to why I want to critique it and why they shouldn't have liked it.
0: I agree with Amanda. Actually, that was exactly what I was going to say. So, <laughs> sorry about So there that. you go. I I I had heard about this, and it it really piqued my interest in the film, and it actually had me guessing as the film progressed. I I kept trying to figure out like what are they seeing in this? What are they liking about it? What are they connecting to in it? And uh, I will admit that once the film was over, I had to go read their statement to kind of figure out why they liked it. Because when I got to the end, I thought, wow, at first blush, yes, but on second, third, and tenth blush, no. Um, I think I know
2: why they liked it.
0: Can you say it without spoilers? No. Okay. (laughs) Again, we'll we'll revisit this question in spoilers. So so the film is set, like I said, in 1630 New England. I was – Shocked at how period this film was. Oh yeah, it, they, I definitely felt, really
3: felt that way.
2: It is mm. where this film excelled. It's actually uh, I don't, I didn't like this film. Um, what? Which has come as a shock to our <laughs> listeners because I feel like I'm typically pretty agreeable. But uh, <laughs> the uh, this blue little house in the prairie out of the water as far <laughs> as costumes and just I mean. I bought everything that had to do with their setting. Uh, I actually would like to know where I can buy those pants that the dad was wearing. The film. <laughs> but I mean, from the roof of the house to the barn that was halfway built to their corn stalks—I mean, it was phenomenal.
3: Even yeah. their goats looked like they were from the 1630s. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: I—I was—I was. I was at once pleased and incredibly frustrated by the dialogue.
3: Oh yeah. It was so hard yeah. to follow. Because I had it really was a really rough time with it.
0: It was so old English that it was like still a little bit German and the their accents were just so on point and they 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 didn't Minus help the girl you.
2: who was clearly Scottish. Did that not bother bother anyone else? No.
4: I didn't break
2: up on that. Oh my God. I, th- I just. I
4: thought they were all did. I, I thought spent they did great. the
2: entire movie wondering why they didn't just cast a grit from Game of Thrones so that I could have at least been attracted to her. Like, I was just. <laughs> I was like, why are you Scottish and no one else is?
3: Was okay. she Scottish or Irish?
2: I think it was definitely Scottish.
0: Okay. Well, I actually liked Thomason a lot. I thought yeah. I her character worked for me. Um, I, I called her Tom. Um, I, uh, I was just really blown away by the fact that they delivered all of this very uh, what I think if any of us were to strive to speak that way, a very wooden dialogue but it, they mm. delivered it so naturally as though this is the way they really spoke and they mumbled and they kind of swallowed words just like we do uh, and so it made it it made it very difficult at times for me to understand what was even being said in the individual scenes
2: that but, I'll agree with.
0: but the overall effect really, it really made me feel as though I was just like Peeking through a slit in space time, you know what mm-hmm. I mean?
3: Mm-hmm. yeah, it was beautiful
0: i thought I thought the setting overall was very claustrophobic, like mm-hmm. inside the home and then even in the clearing like. I I never felt like I had enough space to breathe.
3: Well, and the same in the woods too. Yeah. It was very um, disorienting. Was, you know, mm-hmm. you had no idea where you where they were going or where they needed to come back or anything like that.
2: Well, and for, I mean, from the moment they leave there, and they they keep calling it the plantation mm-hmm. or something weird. Yep. Uh, no, but,
3: I think that they
4: called it the farm. The plantation was where they left. That's what I'm
2: talking about. Oh, from okay. from the moment they left the plantation, they. I mean, it's a very uninviting wilderness. Like Even as they're riding out on their little wagon, it's to a tree line that seems like it would be impossible for them to even navigate with their wagon. So it's like from the moment they leave the safety of that civilization, uh, you, know, you can see they're being forced into hardship, like extreme hardship.
0: And just again for the history buffs out there, the Mayflower landed in 1620. Hmm. So this is 10 years after the Mayflower flower. It's not like there's five... Hundred probably colonists at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, there more like
2: five hundred witches
0: and like <laughs> twenty colonists. But you know what I mean. I, I just think that's really fascinating. That you know the the sense of isolation. Like I believed it. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I believed that they were all alone, not just because they got exiled, right. but because there was <laughs> just there were just no Europeans on this continent yet. Yeah, there See, was no
4: neighboring I, village. I but. definitely enjoyed that. Um, I, going through one of my classes, we were talking about like the perspective of what it was like to live back then and what the frontier meant and like the woods.
2: I think I know what you're talking about. How the, It's basically man versus wild.
4: Kind you know, of. You know, it's not think. just man versus wild, but like... Re- morals versus non-morals like when you go out into the wild like you can do anything you can get away with anything versus when you're in the town in in civilization you're stuck in this moral code or societal values I watched her. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah i uh that for a lot of reasons that's why this film really worked for me um i liked it a lot i went into it with the wrong set of expectations which I'll talk about in spoilers.
2: I did too, Um, because of the person who's going to talk about that in spoilers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my fault. Um, But once I, once I, I, I'll tell you, like the longer I've been away from the film, the more I've thought about it and talked about it, the more appreciation I have for it. And it's definitely not like any other horror movie I've ever seen.
2: No, it's one of the best documentaries of the 1600s I've seen, I think. (laughs) One of the worst horror films I've seen in a long time.
4: <laughs> yeah, I almost don't know if I would classify it in the horror genre. I think this is a very gray Dram- area.
2: That- Dramatic documentary. I
3: was That's actually, what? I was going to say something similar to that. Yeah, I I mean, so the, the only thing that I knew about it, other than seeing the trailer way too many times, was that I saw that Stephen King quoted that it scared the daylights out of him or something like that like it was he he felt that it was truly horrifying so i was like oh stephen king thinks this is scary man i'm gonna i'm gonna have to bring an extra pair of pants i think or something because but i
2: wonder when they pay people for those blurbs does is anyone ever just a dick is like is stephen king like has anyone in the past ever just been like worst film i've seen in the past decade and then they have to print it
0: I well, they don't, don't have to print it, but they don't... Yeah, well, so Actually,
2: sure. I feel like it's always a lie, then. But he I think, mean on I
3: mean, especially like J.R. was saying, after thinking about the film, you know, having the past 24 hours or so to think about it, I, I think he felt like it was horrifying in the sense that religion, like, Puritanism was horrifying. Like, that yes. type of religious <laughs> uh, zealotism or whatever you want to call it was awful and terrifying and horrible and the worst like that's what i think and again i didn't go back to the article or anything i think slate said something about it um but that's that's my suspicion especially having read quite a bit of king i that's my that's what i think Yeah.
2: what their belief system led them to do to each other was horrifying yeah and um kind of their individual to me and I guess we'll get into this in spoilers maybe we could even transition into that now.
0: I I wanted to talk about a couple more things before we went into spoilers.
2: Well then I'll, I'll digress. I'll bring it back up. You continue on JR.
4: I just wanted to add I we've discussed previously in podcast we try not to get too much information or watch the previews too much. That way we don't go into it with an expectation. Mm-hmm. And I did a great job. I literally avoided everything. If I saw anything, I would run the other way. But for for one one reason or one day, I missed something. And it said, like, this was going to be the, the scariest movie of the year. And that stuck with me. And I was ready to go into this movie to be terrified. And I can tell you, I was not scared
0: once. So The Witch premiered at Sundance last year in 2015 and the director won Best Director at Sundance. And this was the movie that like everyone was talking about last year. So Mm -hmm. I have I have been expecting to be terrified by this movie since like February of last year.
2: Yeah, and mm-hmm. somatically, I mean, it was fantastic. Oh, without a doubt, and so I can understand from a director's standpoint why awards would be given or nominated or whatever. Um, it's just like you said, Jr. I was expecting classic horror, and this was horrifying for a different reason. It's like it wasn't. It wasn't a you're not going to be able to sleep tonight horror.
4: I feel like it was kind of similar to Crimson Peak. We were all expecting this horrifying movie, and it's it's horrifying, yes, but not. Like scary up in the classical sense. It's
0: not scary. Well, then, it's right. horrifying. On sexual level, right? It's horrifying, but it's not scary. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the acting real quick before we get into spoilers. So, Mo, you didn't like Thomason's accent.
2: Uh, I, no, she was just Scottish, and no one else was. But I thought the acting was impeccable. I thought like there wasn't a piece of this film that I didn't believe.
3: Agreed. Who were your favorite characters?
2: Um. The goats. <laughs> um they were the least frustrating of the film. Uh I think the twins were pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh
4: they drove me nuts.
2: Uh I I honestly I liked everyone. I liked the little boy. I um the mother was obviously very frustrating, but I, I think everyone played their role so badly. There wasn't someone who I disagreed with or felt like was forced into the film and I enjoyed that because oftentimes in especially in horror films you always have well typically several characters that are just forced or kind of don't have depth or just don't really fit the role. Mm-hmm. Um that's why I honestly like I made the joke that this was like a great uh documentary, but like I, I kinda felt like I was watching like J.R. said, like I had this little slit in time and I was watching, you know, a family struggle to make it in
4: sixteen
0: thirties. Yeah, for sure. I uh and again I don't I don't think this counts as a spoiler um, I was very pleased with how the dad's character played out uh, because from the trailers, I thought he was going to be like only the religious zealot, like completely uh, unrelatable, like distant, cold father figure. And he was not at all. I was mm-hmm. shocked at how quickly I came to empathize with him. In the film. Not agree with him, not condone anything that he did or the way he treated his family <laughs> but i was just like man like it sucks to be that guy
2: yeah it sucked to be all those well, people. well
0: you know what i mean i didn't ex- i didn't expect that from the way the trailer presented everything i didn't expect to f- and, and again even the opening scene right with the dad like i didn't expect that i would actually give a crap about him mm-hmm. and and i did like I, I i actually cared about all of them even Catherine the mom
2: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: so I yeah I I thought uh, particularly Thomason and Caleb were outstanding given how young those actors are um, I thought they were tremendous.
3: I was gonna say the same thing about the twins like I thought they were supposed to be annoying and frustrating but like I I was convinced well that's a spoiler
0: the, uh, they're like <laughs> what six yeah I mean they're supposed to be and yes. I I yes. Yeah, yeah and and you know none of the times that they were annoying did it ever feel like, anything other than six-year-olds being six-year-olds. Yeah. Even,
2: I I think one of my favorite parts of the film, and this is no spoiler, but when the girl's pretending to be a witch by the pond and she's making the clickety-clack noise, like, it it was a very old-school mentality of, like, a witch and everything, but, like, I, I loved that scene. It was one of the best scenes in the film for me. Yeah.
4: No, I I, the twins annoyed me in the sense that Little like a little six-year-old would annoy you. I felt like all of the actors did a great job. They played their characters. They made them relatable. You didn't, like you guys have mentioned previously, like you, you really felt like you got a view into that time period. They, you, it was very believable.
0: So before we go to spoilers, would you recommend this film?
4: Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would. I I thoroughly enjoyed it uh and i found it disturbing in all the right ways and i think you i think if you like horror movies you should see this film everyone's gonna be talking about it might as well go see it
2: i um i'll second most I, i will say go into it with the expectations i'll treat it just like crimson peak do not go in expecting to be jumping out of your seat or picking your feet up off the ground but go into it uh to get a story from a different time period that if like amanda said if you were to jump back in time this would not be the time you want to jump back in <laughs> specifically if you were a woman uh who didn't just want to like sweep the floors and take care of the children
3: yeah i would say i would definitely recommend it um honestly i was just thinking i probably thought that it was pretty comparable to blair witch as far as being scary because i wasn't really I that know. scared by blair witch at all
2: I specifically used that as an example while arguing with JR today about how much scarier the Blair Witch was. Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously I thought it was beautiful, very well done, um acting-wise, like JR said, you know, lots of people are going to be talking about it anyway, so you might as well. Especially if you don't like horror movies, like this would probably be one to just make it happen.
4: Stacy um, I mean, I guess. I, I, really, I, I really don't think it'll make or break your year or your week or your month if you see it or you don't see it. Everyone's going to be talking about it, so you're going to hear about it. You don't – I don't think you – I mean, go see it just so you can be informed and when you're talking about it, you know what you're talking about. But you can wait until it gets out of theater. I don't think you need to rush to see it.
0: So let me ask them this question. We've all said, yeah, everyone's going to be talking about it. You should go see it. If someone says, I want a good horror movie, would this be on your list of recommendations? No. No. I think it would for me. Okay. Hmm. All right. Let's get into spoilers for The Witch, starting right now.
1: Don't split up.
0: All right. Uh, I have to say, on record, thank God there were no jump scares in this movie.
4: <laughs> so the coming.
0: I was so pleased that there was not one and they could have so many times they could have gone for a mm-hmm. cheap jump scare and they like relentlessly refuse to go there and it was beautiful
2: we, we walked out of the theater. Well, Stacy and I were joking from the moment. the Actually, I think maybe about halfway through the movie when I leaned over and said, this movie is horrible. And I was like, and I guarantee Jr. and Amanda loved it. <laughs> and then we walked out of the theaters and I was like, you know why Jr. is going to love this movie? There was no damn jump scares. <laughs> but
3: this That's is why we make a great podcast. And I didn't because, even miss them. Because we all have such different
4: opinions about stuff. I love it. I know. I, and I also think it's... It's kind of funny how we're all starting to notice, like, this person's gonna really like this movie, yeah. and this person probably won't like this movie. We're getting the feel for everybody's likes
0: and dislikes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's mine. No jump scares. Woo!
3: I was gonna say, um, prior to spoilers, that honestly, I think my least favorite actor was the young witch that lured, um, Who? Caleb into mm-hmm whatever happened with that i i also don't understand why he didn't just die like why why didn't she you know chop him up and use Oops. spread his blood all over her and like, this, like a baby now that we're in the she just bit him a little like... bit
2: the whole thing was they really just used their they used their Puritan religion to just kind of turn them on themselves. Mm-hmm. So the like the witch was the evil force; it was the catalyst, but they really destroyed themselves in the end. Um, True. So I, I think that's why like it was more entertaining for them to send him back and let them kind of kill themselves. Okay, um, I buy it. The baby, the baby was, uh, and I had assumed from the beginning and the show alludes to this maybe being correct but uh when the baby goes missing and then you see her you know gonna cut him up in the tent and she kind of turns him like butter Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then washes herself in the blood it's like some youth serum um and so then when caleb goes out then you're presented no longer with the old
3: uh except for her hand her hand was super old and scary looking
2: Right, but not until after. Like, it wasn't when it first went up, and then when she like finally has him in her clutches, she reveals herself. Right? Yeah,
0: like I took that as more of like illusion than.
2: And what what gave her the power for that illusion? Yeah. Was, oh, I unquestionably,
0: mean, unquestionably.
2: So and um, yeah, and I mean, uh, granted, it wasn't. We saw later in the film when she pops back up in the hut. Uh, it wasn't full change thing. yet. So I mean, it was just a potion, perhaps. You know but no i think that's why at least to me it was all about their self destruction uh kind of through their you
0: know i would like to go on record as saying anyone who grinds babies up in a mortar and pestle and smears them all over their bodies is objectively evil
2: i mean
4: second i second
2: that what if they were raised that way that they're whole really, system yes, is objectively evil. There are evil. probably, cow, there are probably cows now. out there, JR, who think that anyone who subsists on the meat of their brethren is evil. You know why they don't think
0: that? Because they're not sentient.
2: How do you know that? Are you a cow, JR? <laughs> what I is it to I be might a cow? I disagree
4: with that. Because how do you. I mean, how have do you. Ever you ever looked know? into the
2: eyes of a cow? I have, and
0: they're super dumb. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, wow. I will actually say one thing that kind of bugged it didn't it it creeped me out was how throughout the whole movie the twins had this relationship with the goat the goat told me this or (laughs) um, how they you know he they told him things throughout the whole movie I mean I know I personally talk to my dogs on the regular or or my animals in general like we have conversations like I pretend that they say stuff back to me so then at the end. When you find out that, like, oh, my God, this goat actually was really saying stuff to them, it kind of threw me off a little bit. It creeped me out
2: for sure. So I guess to give a little structure to the listeners, for anyone who's potentially listening to this podcast uh, and took Stacey or I's advice and doesn't really care to see the movie. Um,
3: but still is listening to the podcast
2: yeah they want to be okay. able to talk they about to say. what it's about so essentially this family from the beginning for not conforming to the plantation's norms this father yeah let's out. let's
0: stop right there right he's too extreme for the puritans <laughs> <laughs> i mean that says something
2: right it does. i mean it sets a it sets a hard tone from the very beginning mm-hmm. um and that's I think where I get back to the fact that I think it focused on this film on their religion destroying themselves, their extremism destroying because this father's too proud, so that if you want to go back to the sins, you know there's his um, they move out to this plantation, the girl confesses right at the beginning that you know I've sinned, I'm being idle, I'm lazy in my work, you know, please save me, and then she turns around and goes out and loses. Uh, their infant son samuel uh, in to movie. the witch well she's being out she's out there playing games and the witch she's takes
4: the boy for, him for like a split um,
2: second kind of be an idol if you ask me
0: <laughs> i mean this is so. a, this is the scene if you see it in the trailer where she's playing peekaboo with them and she looks down and he's gone, gone and she looks up and the woods which are impossibly far away and it's like it's moving right. as though something has run into the woods So, and
2: and so the next very next scene, you see this witch with the knife over the boy. It's obviously implied that she's about to kill him. And then in the next scene, she's literally appears to be turning butter and then smearing blood all over herself. So instead of butter, it's actually baby boy. Yeah. And then you cut back. You got these twins running around. No one can find the baby. Everyone kind of blames the daughter. The mom's inconsolable. Uh, the whole family is going to crap at this point
0: in time. So we probably don't need to run down the whole movie scene by scene, but... <laughs> sure. I'm <good laughs> going. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so the whole conflict that's set up is how is the witch interacting with this family, right?
2: Well, she lives in it. It may be. Right. So you know, that's, I didn't get to run through the plot no one knows what I'm talking about.
4: Well I feel like th- Go ahead, say, I say. was gonna say I feel like she's indirect indirectly acting with them. It's more like Mo said, like their um strong religious beliefs is kind of tearing them down. And I almost feel like she's just taking advantage of them and just like pushing them in the right directions, nudging them along to um push the spiral quickly or to so then her
0: recruit her. Thomasin, well, that's T. a bi- that's a big question. Do they have an end goal? Yeah, I don't know.
4: Yeah, I didn't think about that.
2: Either.
0: Well, no. So I think she's just kind of. So they all are confessed
2: sinners, right? The mm-hmm. father's lied to the mother about selling her cup, and then getting trapped to hunt in the forest where she's not. He's or he's not supposed to be. He also tells the boy not to tell her they're out in the forest because they're not supposed to be there. Then when she finds out they're in the forest, the boy, the boy tells. Um, the lie, right? You know, yeah, that they were out getting apples. You know, mm. the girl tells the twins that she's the witch. I mean, everyone is in the own... The boy area. is
0: lustful towards his sister. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, I mean, every you got envy, you got pride, you got idleness. I, the twins were the only one I couldn't staple with, or Samuel... Um, I mean, with the sin, a baby. well, they're okay, also so the ones this, that are unaccounted for. They're really the pawns that aren't moved in the film.
0: This is where okay. the Calvinism okay. of the Puritans comes in, comes to bear, uh, and that's that the the conversation that the father and Caleb have in the woods, where Caleb wants to know what happened to Samuel—is he in hell yeah. or is he in heaven? And that was a
2: powerful scene.
0: Yeah, it was. Well, and what what the Calvinism of the Puritans teaches is that uh, unbaptized babies go to hell which that was Samuel. Samuel's an un- unbaptized baby because he was born on the plantation mm-hmm. or on the, on the farm, rather. And uh, that also teaches that only God knows who is chosen and who is not chosen. And that no matter what you do in this life, you can't know whether you're going to end up in heaven or end up in hell, so you just basically this is where the, the the Protestant work ethic comes from. It's like you work as hard as you can, and if you do well and get wealthy, it's evidence that you're God's elect because God blesses those that God loves. What right?
4: did in that in that scene, the dad said something about? You don't know if you're from Cain or from Abel? What was yeah, right. well,
0: like if you're Cain a good child or a bad brother. child, right? If you're oh, okay. uh, heaven or hell bound. And okay. he says to his son, I could tell you where your brother is, but it would just be telling you words to comfort you. I don't know. Right? Cause, and yeah. and that's, that's their whole belief system. is like the, 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 And that's why the mother is praying and praying and praying that God will have mercy and, and rescue her baby from hell. Right? Because this whole system has been set up that even the children are wicked from birth. And you heard like every conversation the father had with his children uh, in any kind of teaching moment. It was all about how wicked everyone is, how yeah. sinful everyone is, how you need to confess all the time.
2: Um, well, and so, and this goes back to my, when we were in our non spoiler portion of the show. But this is probably why the Satanic Church liked it, right? Because this film is really about how they're. Uh, the Puritans, I mean, they kind of implode on themselves. Um, you know, it just took this small catalyst. And by small, I mean, their baby was stolen and chopped up and smeared all over the elderly woman in the forest. But then they kind of implode on themselves and to the point where in the end, the mother attacks the daughter and the daughter kills the mother. And neither of them were guilty.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Or from their perspective, they were both guilty.
2: Right. So they were
0: objectively evil. <laughs> that's what a Calvinist would say. <laughs> well, yeah, that I mean that's what I loved about the dualism in the film, right? You had this like man versus nature kind of. You definitely had the civilization versus the wilderness where where mm-hmm. they were they were literally in between, right? They left the civilization of the plantation and and went to the very edge of the wilderness and settled in this clearing that was literally as close to the wilderness as you could possibly get. Um, you had the don't go in
4: the wilderness, right?
0: Right. Yeah. Stay away from it. It's dangerous. It's bad. Um, you had the patriarchy Mm -hmm. of the Calvinist religion versus the feminism that was embodied in the witches. And you, I mean, I think it, I think it matters that Thomason has a lot of anxiety about her own destiny, that she has no control over it, that they're going to ship her off. Um, that everything she tries to do, uh, she can't succeed at that. Even at the end, her mother is accusing her of being sexual competition.
4: Mm
0: -hmm. right? Um, Mm -hmm. you, and then of course you have the God, God versus the devil. Uh, and I, I thought it was really interesting that uh, we'll talk, you know, we'll talk more about the the end, but I mean, this, the movie goes full out devil. Yeah. And and that was the Mm -hmm. one thing
2: I didn't see coming. Um, but one of the other scenes I thought that really struck me was when the father drags her outside and you can see in his eyes, uh, he doesn't want his daughter to be a witch, but at this point in time, the twins, the mother, everyone has pointed the finger at Thomason and they have said, you know, she's the witch and in their eyes, all the proof is there for that. And yet the father still drags her out and at first you see he runs out there, he's hugging her and, and you you see this compassion as if he's trying to console her, but really he's trying to console himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that pride that's kind of resurging. And he's like, "You can't be a witch. No daughter of mine is a witch." Like the truth from you, the truth. And yeah. she tells him like, "I'm not a witch." And then he's like, "No, I said the truth." And it's like he just wants to hear that. He do, he wants to be freed. He wants her to say like, "Oh no, it's the devil's in me," or you know, blah blah blah. That way, it's not his fault. And she turns it on him, and she's like, "You want the truth? You know, you're failed. It. You." Your wife runs you. The crops haven't come in. You lost your son. Um And all of a sudden, it's like she becomes this insubordinate woman. And he and he's like, that's all the proof he needs. He's like, yep, the devil's in this child.
0: Mm-hmm. But even yes, but even then, he's not convinced. Yeah. And you can still see that warring back and forth within him.
2: But is that, again, him not convinced or him being too proud to admit it? Too proud to admit what? That his daughter that he's failed that i mean he raised a witch
0: so if it hadn't if it hadn't been for the scene when she's locked in the goat pen with the twins and she sees her father praying in the rain um i would have i would have believed but that that scene i think for me and for thomason like convinced her that he really is torn and he really is repenting and he really does want to do right And I think we were about to see him do right the next morning when Black Black Philip kills him him. good.
2: I didn't see that coming either.
0: Yeah. So
2: can we do best work? Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's go ahead. Let's let's do it.
2: That was my best when Black Philip and Black Philip is the goat with horns, unlike White Philip. <laughs> Ooh, the goat without horns, um, which in retrospect just kind of seems racist now. But um, was there
0: a white Philip?
2: Yeah, the white goat. He was called White Philip. He wasn't called. <laughs> <White> they they <laughs> it never. Was the actually, girl goat. They never named that goat, but I assume. So you
0: just named him White Philip?
2: Yeah, <laughs> or Philip Felipe. <laughs> I mean, assuming she was female, the other one. They were milking her. It'd be awkward, I guess, if it was a Philip. Um, but anyways, when he go, when that goat jumps up after running his horn through the father's stomach. And it was the... Because the previews, they really, really hint at the fact that there might be a fawn, like that there's this transformation of the goat into the fawn of this, you know, kind of a very pagan, devilish uh, creature. And when that goat rears up on its hind legs after stabbing the father, uh, it, it gives a very real look into almost being a fawn, but still just being that goat. And that was probably... The, the coolest scene in the entire film for me. Like that kind of gave me chills a little bit. And I thought that was really cool. Worst? Uh, Worst was the rest of the film not being scary, but um, I, I really liked that part. Anyone else like that part? I liked it. I, I, I mean,
0: yeah, my my best would probably be like that whole bit, like while they're trapped in the goat pen. And, like, she sees the father's prayer, but then they see the witch in there feeding on the goats. And then, like, the aftermath of that the next morning. Like, just like that whole segment of the film, I found totally terrifying.
2: So, and question was the witch actually feeding, or was she drinking the blood that was coming from the goat
4: instead she, of the milk? I think she was drinking the blood from the goat.
0: Yeah, I got the sense that you couldn't tell exactly, but it sure seemed like she was. Like, had the goat cracked open and was like yeah, feeding true. on it.
2: Yeah, that, I liked how they gave I liked it, the whole maniacal, like, kind of witch cackle and everything. Like, the way they portrayed the witches in this film, I enjoyed.
0: I almost got the sense from that reaction that, like, she didn't, she couldn't have cared less that any of those humans were in that pen. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she yeah. was just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh mm-hmm. my god. Ugh.
2: But and the weird thing is, though, like in none of these parts, and I'm very susceptible to fear, um, was I scared like that? It was creepy ish. Like, I mean, if i had been in that cage. I'd have been a little freaked out. That's for sure. But I wasn't. So I wasn't. But that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just was never scared.
3: How are you going to feel the next time you interact with a goat?
2: That. It
0: depends on if it's black and has horns. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> <laughs> and Nate Yeah. Uh my worst part of the film was probably the end, which we're gonna talk about in a minute, so I'm gonna come back to that.
3: You took what I was gonna say.
4: I was gonna say, I'd have to agree. I felt like the end was unnecessary.
0: Alright, I, let's open I to the end because Well, hang three... on, we gotta have best worst.
3: I didn't hate all of the end. There's just a particular part that I felt like it completely ripped out the feminism and of the of the film and what it was trying to do and I, I felt like it was really hypocritical. I I can guess. So what
2: was your I, best then, Amanda? Yeah.
3: Um that's a great question. I I mean obviously like the scenery and all of that was really cool. Um, since I hated Catherine, I loved the crow scene. Uh, that was super twisted. I mean, I didn't love it, because obviously that'd be super painful, but um, I thought that, was, that an, was really well done.
2: That was an anti-breastfeeding critique, right? Because that's like a big thing right now.
3: It's it's super in right
0: it's now. It's the puritanical values of the <laughs> film, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, again, you talk about a scene that works so well for me, but she's having her vision, and she's holding, like, Caleb brings in Samuel, and she starts breastfeeding him. In my mind, I was like, something is really happening here, but it's oh, not yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm it. not sure that I want to know what's really happening right now. Yeah. And then when they showed you, out. and it was awful. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Uh. yeah. Um, My best, I think, though, he had already mentioned it, when the daughter kind of flips the script on the dad, and he's like, give me the truth, and she's like, oh, you want the truth, and calls him out for all of the faults that he has, and kind of making him realize, like, you preach this, but you're really not. I I felt like that scene was probably my favorite and probably the most powerful in the movie.
0: Alright, well, let's talk about the end. So... Well, what uh, was
4: your best, JR?
0: I said oh, that. Oh, okay. yeah. okay. um, so... The film, uh, everything everything comes to a head with the family that morning, right? Uh, the dad comes back out to the pen. The pen's open. All of the goats are dead except for Black Phillip. Um, the twins are completely gone. And Thomason is laying in the goat pen. He gets killed by Black Phillip. The mom comes out, completely loses her mind, accuses Thomason of seducing the dad and killing everyone and of being the witch. Starts strangling her to death. So Thomason ends up killing her mother. And then she just sort of like walks into the cabin and puts her head down and the film fades to black.
2: I understand why you didn't want me to go scene by scene. You wanted to go scene by scene.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just saying that's what happened, right? We fade to black. And then I thought I was, I was wondering if we were going to get credits, like if that was it. And the fade lasted longer than a normal scene cut. But then when it fades back in, it's dusk, and essentially Thomason goes out, asks Black Philip to speak to her, sells her soul to Black Philip, takes off all her clothes, walks into the woods. Floats into the air. Finds a coven of, like, how many witches were there? Like six? Eight? Yeah, oh, like yeah, easy seven. eight or ten. I mean, there was.
4: No, there was seven. There were Seven. I remember counting.
0: Seven okay, minus I'm
2: 20. We go.
0: Uh, so um, they're all naked. They're all chanting around the campfire. By the time Thomason gets up there, weren't they standing and dancing?
2: They no, they were kind of dancing. By the and they had. People. Oh, yeah, they
0: kind of all floated off the ground. And then in the end, she looks down and floats into the sky. Yeah,
4: that, she's like 100
2: feet in the air, by the way. I want to
4: clarify that's her. what didn't work for me on the ending. I liked the ending up until that point. Up until she it. floats? so they all float like okay so the floating I, yeah just a lot of it was unnecessary there was no reason for the floating like why are they floating there there was no
0: well so and point that's to it. that's
4: it i think where anything the, about the movie
2: the film was kind of inconsistent as the entire the entire movie they they hinted at this mysticism or this outside force uh assume that the baby uh blood bath is what lent her the ability to appear younger. And yet we never get confirmation. We just suspect. And then at the end of the film, all of a sudden you're hit with black Phillips talking black Phillips, maybe a man that's wearing a leather glove. Uh, And then you get out to the witches. And at first around the fire, it's just creepy when they're doing that. But then as they all start to float, you're like, well, this is odd. No one's floated yet. And then she's floating but I mean, it was, yeah, it just it really took a turn.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like we were talking about earlier, like it went full blown supernatural. And what I was saying before about the worst part for me is that it basically just turned it into. I mean, again, why the Satanists love it, probably because she sold her soul to the devil and everything. But all that was, was a woman submitting to a man again. And mm-hmm. then and that's I mean. The it was critiquing that the entire film until that point, and then it it just like the, the devil's still
0: in charge, yeah. and the devil's a yeah. man,
3: right? I feel like it contradicted
0: the whole movie,
3: yeah, and I that irritated me to no end.
0: So I I am surprised you guys dislike that it 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 shows you what it's been implying for the whole movie because typically those are the parts of the movies you guys enjoy.
4: I mean, I enjoyed. All aspects of the ending except the floating. Like, I like that she, you know, she walked out there and then found her fellow witches. And if they would have just cut it there, it would have been good. The floating was just too far-fetched for me. You, the whole movie, there was no, I mean, there wasn't really any supernatural aspect to it. And then all of a sudden, oh, we're just going to throw this in here so we can say that we have
0: it in there. But But there was supernatural. We just didn't get to see it. Samuel was, Samuel was obviously taken by supernatural means. Um, the boy was obviously enchanted. Oh, yeah. And, again, we know, we know these things in retrospect now, right? Yeah. We've been wondering the whole time. Sure. But what the floating does is it establishes that, yes, this is a magical universe. Yes, there are real powers. Yes, all of these things that you think maybe might have happened during the movie, they all did happen.
2: I would have been more satisfied with an ending that like panned out over the opposite side of that forest and showed the witch that had been tormenting them like parents' house. Kind of insinuating that the same thing had happened to her and then she'd been forced to live in the woods. You love like, backstory. Oh, I love, I, love I love a little story. I would have
4: totally, I would like have totally got down on that. That
2: would have, to me would have like wrapped up everything that had happened to her. It would have enforced the idea that the the, the religious extremism that led him down that path?
3: I don't know. It yeah, because we don't see her at like the that. end. Like, she's probably not around that bonfire, correct?
4: For a movie being about a witch, I mean, obviously it's not just about the witch, but you don't see her very often. I think... Three,
0: three times. times.
4: Three times, yeah.
2: And then she's with a bunch of witches. Four witches. times. Was yeah. she? Yeah, she was there. Yeah. So, but like, I... Or it's like, not my cool... Like, super cool, it's an ending. Like, even just going into that cabin and or that little cottage that, you know, Caleb went to and having the door open. And she just goes in and it ends. And it's like, she signed the contract and now she's there. Like, I don't, I do, something about the floating seemed unnecessary.
0: I think it was, think it was super necessary. I, I agree that it was a little weird. But we had to see something very quickly that that did two things one it firmly established that these are real witches with real powers not just like crazy ladies in the woods and it also we also had to see thomason embracing it in some way
2: i mean she was already naked
0: right but that's what <laughs> and, i'm saying that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying she she's not just a, goat. a she's not just a <laughs> traumatized little girl that went off a rocker because her parents went crazy like she's a witch
2: but really, because she's more like a girl who's traumatized and out of choices. I still don't know that she, like, chose that option. She
0: did choose. Didn't she, went, she? she went and found Black Phillip.
2: What were her other options?
0: Go I, back to the plantation? Where her dad was going to take her anyway?
2: Yeah, to be tried as a witch.
0: Maybe. And die.
2: Definitely. Yeah.
3: I, I mean, forgot it seems earlier. like she was
2: forced into it.
3: Oh, yeah. Most definitely. And I was going to say, I forgot earlier... One of the most vivid scenes to me was when Caleb spits the apple out. The bloody oh, apple. Yeah. That oh was God. and crazy. then the twins, mm-hmm. like they
4: were like they couldn't remember their prayers and uh, I like, don't yeah. like Yeah, they couldn't like, remember exactly their, their prayers. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> they were shitbags of those twins.
4: <laughs> okay, I do have a question. Mo and I talked about this a bit through the movie. Were the twins I wouldn't necessarily want to call them witches throughout the movie? But throughout the movie, they fully acknowledge talking to Black Phil.
0: I think movie. that they were bewitched.
4: Okay. Hmm.
0: And, you know, uh, here's another reason I would say that. Um, and this is, this is completely outside of the text of the film. Um, the director cited The Shining as a primary influence on his horror proclivities. And The yes. Shining has evil twins in it.
2: Now I understand why Stephen King said it was the best
0: he'd seen in a long time. Stephen King hated the film The Shining.
2: I meant this one.
3: <laughs> and technically, in the book, The Shining, they weren't twins. They were just siblings. Yeah. Just saying.
0: So, so here's my question, then. Um, would you have preferred the film end at the first Fade to Black?
2: Yep. No.
4: I, God, I don't know. I, like, I like the second ending, except for the floating. If we could have cut it right before the floating, I would have been good. But if we have to include the floating, then I would say the first ending.
2: Well, you have to include the floating, because they floated.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you don't get to write another alternate (laughs) ending. You have to choose between... Okay, then I
3: agree with Amanda. Yep, I'm in.
0: No, the fade to black. Super
3: obscure ending. I'm all about it.
0: So you you would prefer end with her head on the table? Yep. And Stacey, you would too. Mm-hmm. Mo?
2: No, I agree with you that the, the actual fine. ending was but No, I still like my ending better than the one I created. But
0: <laughs> Mo likes backstory of, for the witches. Of the two
2: that we chose or that we have to choose from, I like the one they went with. So I do like her going into the. I like acknowledging that she became a witch because that was the only choice she was left to.
0: So I think what bothers me about the Church of Satan endorsing this film is the witches are not put forth as people that we would want to emulate. Like, they straight up murder a baby and, like, what, a 10-year-old?
2: You technically didn't murder the 10-year-old, right?
0: I mean, I think it's pretty much implied that that's how he died. He was bewitched. He died because of what they did to him.
2: Could have been that poor dentistry his father enacted on him.
0: So that's what I'm saying. Like it, like I get the whole resist the patriarchal religion. And again, I it it makes me sick to my stomach to hear the kinds of theology the father is teaching his children and all that kind of stuff. So I get I get all that part of it. But for them to say like this is a beautiful picture of Satanism, but I'm like, well, but it's like involves baby murder. Uh, that's not. You shouldn't, like, that, ugh, no. Like, that's terrible.
2: No, I agree with that. And I also understand where you're coming from and the fact that the witches, yeah, I mean, they were not good witches. There was no Glenda out there. But (laughs) do they, um, again, do you think it's because of the fact that they were able to so easily turn their own religion, which was not Satanism, it was technically, you know, a God-fearing religion, into something that, you know, hurt themselves more than the witches did. That, that I mean, was kind yeah, of it's, it's, it's the life.
0: critique. It's the critique of like patriarchal yeah. Christianity. And I, again, I get that part of it. Um, but it's, you know, but it's,
2: I think when you're the church of Satan, you got to take small wins, right? Well,
0: like, but they don't, they don't, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They're not treating this like a small win. They're, they're hosting screens of this film and then having, uh, enacting satanic rituals together afterwards. And That's they're weird. calling it a yeah. transcendent satanic experience, and like all this kind of stuff.
4: Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. No, uh, I don't think s- they should do that. That's weird.
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I guess in a world of no wins, small wins are big wins. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Well. Really, all right, let it, me come back a- to the question that we started with by way of closing out. Um, do you believe that evil is always subjective, or is there objective evil? I mean, I think
4: there's objective evil.
0: I think child murder is objectively evil.
4: Without a doubt.
2: Yep. I, I could argue with myself for days about this, but I would argue that no one who's child murdering is of a right mind. So is it evil that's really driving them, or is it just an inability to understand what they're doing?
0: I mean, if you want to call it mental illness while someone else calls it evil, I don't think that changes what's happening.
2: I mean, but it changes...
0: I think that witch knew what she was doing.
2: Yeah, but that witch...
0: I think the people that order drone strikes that kill Pakistani kids know what they're doing.
2: Yep.
4: Definitely evil.
0: They're convinced what they're doing is good. I'm convinced it's evil. Objectively, because they're murdering (laughs) kids. (laughs)
2: I mean, I don't disagree that those are all horrible things. I think saying that it's evil.
0: Horrible and evil are that far apart?
2: uh, Evil, it's like you're giving an entity to the reason that it's happening. And that's why it's hard for me to believe. Like, I I don't believe that I can be overcome by an outside force that will just turn me into an evil being. I don't think
0: it has to be outside force. I think people can be evil.
2: Just on the inside? Just born evil? I
0: didn't say born evil.
2: So an outside force has to affect them?
0: I think you can choose to be evil.
2: Like Darth Vader?
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Poor Kylo Ren. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, all right. We got to wrap up. We're out of time. We'd love to hear what you think of the witch. What do you think about objective evil? Uh, and uh, you can let us know about all that At don'tsplitup.com or at facebook.com Slash don'tsplitup We're going to change course because we've reached That magical time of the year when no good Horror movies are coming out And so since we've done a whole glut of new films We're going to take a break and go into Science fiction horror And we're going to start with The horror classic Alien
2: Or science reality Or whatever <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: Well Mo, I hate to break it to you But Alien is not a documentary
2: so, But you know of
0: <laughs> So stay tuned uh, Let us know again what you think uh, At all those spots uh, We can't wait to hear what you think of The Witch Whether you thought it was good or not or Whether you think it belongs in the pantheon of classic horror films uh, Thanks for listening And as always until next time Whatever you do, don't split up
1: Join J.R. Stacey, Amanda, and Mo To discuss blood, guts, horror, and gore in our podcast don't split up where we discuss horror movies and how great or not they are because as you know in every horror movie the first rule of survival is never leave your friends so don't split up if you want to make it to the end no don't don't split up This place is
2: huge. Noah, take the back porch. Scream if you see anything. That won't be hard. But in observation of this loaded moment, I am not in favor of splitting up, nor am I three days from retiring. I will not be right back.